This is the 99 Black Podcast. Welcome to the 99 Black Podcast. My name is Wes, and I'm here with Connor. Hey, guys. And we have a special guest, Mr. John Patak. What's up? Um, we call him JP, so I gave him that moniker pretty quickly after he uh, came to our church and started pastoring. And um, the topic for today is about pastors and how you know the pastors uh, work with the church and how the churches can help pastors. And so uh, last minute... After we had already discussed this topic, I was like, you know what? We need to have JP on here because he is a pastor and he's a bivocational pastor. So uh, we'll kind of talk about that. Um, JP, how you doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing good. I appreciate the opportunity to come on. Uh, I'm excited about this. Yeah, let's we're, do it. We're glad to have you on here. Uh, so we're talking about pastors um, being paid, like full time paid or bivocational. And which just means basically you have two jobs instead of one. Uh, you want to elaborate on what your jobs are? And it's pretty funny because, like, I just, he corrected me before we started the podcast. I thought it was bi-vacational. And I was like, that doesn't sound like there's a lot of vacations <laughs> when you're trying <laughs> to balance uh, two jobs at one time. So Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. So I'm full-time in the military, um, going on 26 years. And so uh, trying to finish up that career, but also pastoring at the same time. And so keeps me busy. Well, we definitely appreciate your service for sure. Yeah, definitely. So you've been in the military for 26 years. How long have you been pastoring? I've been involved with the ministry for over 20 years. I've been ordained for over 20 years as far as being like the lead pastor. Um, I guess about the last, what, five years? Okay. Cool. Well, um, so we're talking about pastors, kind of what they do. You know, when, when we say pastor, uh, any thoughts come to your mind, Connor, like when you hear the word pastor? I mean, so that there's like obviously what I experience every Sunday, mm-hmm. and that's like um, someone that I have a close relationship with and does the uh, preaching. And then I also always have like the image of like a white suit, like big, <laughs> like, you know, Southern pastor. Yeah. So like, that's the other thing, but that's usually the first image. That um, pops you know, I just think of a shepherd. He is somebody yeah. that's mm-hmm. kind of got your flock of sheep in our case, a bunch of black sheep. Yep. And, uh, the pastor is kind of shepherding the flock. We, um, we think of that as, as scripture calls it an overseer is another word, bishop. There's several different words. Uh, people are really familiar with the term preacher, you know. Mm-hmm. And so the pastor has more roles, obviously. You know this, JP, that it's not just preaching uh, right. on Sunday. That is the, the biggest part that people probably see. But there's lots that goes on um, shepherding people and um, a lot of stuff like that. Uh, so as we talk about pastors... I think that there's not always a good um, reputation or maybe mm. like when you say pastor, a lot of people might have negative feelings that, you know, there's uh, greedy ones. There's, you know, people trying to uh, find their identity, like at, to be famous as or, yeah. or just lording over people. I definitely think they get grouped into like the celebrity pastor mm-hmm. um you know, like the Joel Steens, uh, for sure. Like, you know, oh, they're just in it for the money. They'd ride around in a, a million dollar jet. And I think it's honestly, if you, if people really took the moment to like sit down, 
with an actual pat like everyday you know um, small town pastor. We would see that they're all rich and they all have yeah, private jets. Like- <laughs> <laughs> Where's your private jet, yeah. JP? <laughs> uh, but he I, flew in in a helicopter on yeah, when he came. I, here I, today. I do, and that's like what five people that kind of cluster in a lot of really good pastors that mm-hmm. you uh, potentially just kind of pass over just because of these five people that are in the media. Yeah. John, do you think that pastors have like in our society, like have a good reputation for, you know, when people think of a pastor that they think of something good, or do you think they think of something maybe negative? I think that's really dependent on the individual mm-hmm. and what their experience is with a pastor. And I also think it's important to make the distinction between a preacher and mm-hmm. a pastor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I always tell people what you see a pastor do on Sunday morning is 10% of what they do, mm. right? And there is a difference between being a preacher and a pastor. A preacher is somebody that can get up, communicate a message on Sunday morning, do that well. Um, but a pastor is so much more. Mm. They're the communicator. They're, they're leading that, that flock. Um, the, the pastoral care that goes in behind it. Uh, they're the facilities manager. They're, I mean, they're just doing everything that needs to be done for that involves the ministry. And so when people are like, man, we need a new preacher. I'm like, do you need a new preacher or pastor? Mm. Yeah. That's and that's, point. that's different. Because people can get up on stage and preach a message and not even have a heart for God. Like, right. they, you know, you can just model something that you've seen before and just kind of roll with it and teach a sermon or whatever and just, you know, be doing your thing and not even be able to shepherd people or even be right with God yourself. Uh, and so kind of on that note, I think we should tie back to Scripture. What does Scripture tell us about overseers within the church? And we go to 1 Timothy chapter 3, which talks about these these leaders in the in the church. And um, I'm in the NLT in mind. I was actually reading, uh, I think, a, maybe a Christian standard um, earlier, and it, it uses the term overseer. NLT uses the term elder. It says if someone aspires to be an elder, he desires an honorable position, like this position as an elder or a pastor we're going to use those kind of interchangeably, um, that it is a noble position. It's very difficult. It's hard on someone spiritually. It's hard on them mentally, maybe even physically, uh, uh, to be this type of leader. So, And there's some requirements. It says that um, you must be above reproach, uh, faithful to your wife, um, have self-control and live wisely, have a good reputation, uh, be able to enjoy guests in their home. This is kind of that shepherding aspect. Uh, be able to teach. Um, not a heavy drinker, being gentle, not loving money, and managing his family well. Must not be a new believer and uh, must be spoken well of outside of the church. Mm. So not just within the church, but someone that you would say, hey, that guy not only is a good person, but right. uh, he leads his family well. And um, he has a good reputation, like, with people that aren't followers of Christ that can say, yeah, like, I can see why that guy would be shepherding others because de- he deserves to do that based off of his um, reputation. Reputation. So, um, you know, and that's what churches should be putting forth, you know, people that meet these requirements. And, you know, no one meets these requirements perfectly, Oh, absolutely no, not. No. Or do you? <laughs> no, no. I don't. Um, Work in progress. Yeah. And so, you know, we want pastors of churches who are really intentional with 
leading the body and not only just doing it Sunday morning, but like you were saying, you know, multiple days of the week and having a biblical view, which is the one of the first stats that I came across was that 37, um, only 37% of pastors have a biblical view according to Barna wow. studies. Yeah, I was I was definitely going to comment on that because and we've spoken about this outside of uh, you know podcasts and stuff like that is that I feel like a lot of people they it's a desirable position like it's an honorable position. Yeah. But you're, you're in charge. You're in charge right? like it's it's something that is a uh, a very high status but if you really kind of see a lot of people especially a, a lot of younger guys I'm seeing now is that they go do seminary and they get that, you know, they, they hop right on stage and they can preach a sermon. But then when it comes to like having re- relationships with people and trying to, you know, uh, you know, kind of balance all the plates, it's, it's something that I think if they kind of reference back to this, the scripture, you would see like, did you, do you, is that why you wanted to be a pastor? Like, did you kind of expect all of this or did you just kind of want, like you said, back to a preaching s- situation? So. Well, you're kind of hitting some points that I had in my notes for a little bit later, but I'll go ahead and, and mention them that 50% of pastors leave the ministry within the first five years. Mm. So they're, not they're not sticking around because of some things that we're going to discuss about, like the difficulties mm-hmm. of pastoring well. Um, and then you'll see even, I see it on social media, I'm an ex, <laughs> ex-pastor and I've left Christianity, and I think... So much of it has to do with maybe just coming out of college, thinking things are going to go like I'm just going to be in charge and we're going to do this. And then it's not w- as easy as it seems. There's lots of people are difficult, you know. And leading is hard. Yeah, yeah, leading is hard. And and they find that. And then when they struggle, because a lot of them are young, mm-hmm. they say, you know what, uh, this whole, because people have been so difficult, my experience with people has been so bad, I'm just going to just back out of this thing. I'm I'm not interested in doing that. Uh, So we're talking about bivocational, having two jobs, um, one being pastoring, one being the secular sector, I don't know what you call it, uh, versus full-time. And I I had a few different stats, like somewhere between 76 and 87% of pastors are actually full-time. So that's Mm -hmm. actually a little bit more than I would have predicted. I would have thought like, maybe half, but it seems like churches are somehow able to hire on a uh, pastor, at least one person full time. Uh, we talked last week about uh, the small churches and like small churches are pretty small and yeah. being able to, you know, paying the pastor might be the only thing they're able to do besides keeping the lights on. And um, when, when you were mentioning that younger guys, um, actually only 7% of pastors are 28 to 45 years old. So wow. like, you know, that's that's bef- you know, not super young right out of college. It's kind of like right there in the midlife um really <laughs> your most probably mature point, you know, being a parent a lot of times and different things like that and having a lot of life experience. That 28 to 45, only 7% and then a lot of the pastors today are in the older generation or the the boomers. Yeah, um, that kind of leans me and I mean obviously like in, in the blue collar trade what we're experiencing is that one day these these guys are going to retire and they're going to be done and it's like who's going to replace them mm-hmm. and so I did not know that statistic coming up like that kind of tells what's 
to come with people and preaching. So I would say on this too, that there's a big trend that's happening where it is getting harder and harder for young guys. They don't, they may do the seminary, they may do the education Well, they come out they, they feel like, okay, I've, I deserve that package. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You need to pay me a, a livable wage, but the smaller church can't do that. Uh, and the bigger church has learned, well, you need to get some more experience underneath your belt before you get that role, yeah. that position. And so they find themselves in a difficult spot. And we're, there are less and less bivocational pastors today than I've ever seen it. Wow. Uh, because, I don't know, I just don't know if people just don't want to put in that grind because there is so much sacrifice. Yeah in doing both i mean it's not easy yeah so you, you mentioned seminary like what's your seminary experience i mean like schooling for being ordained and all that stuff like yeah so i was ordained through the the church of god as far as a denomination mm -hmm. but i also have a uh, master's degree from liberty university a master's in christian ministry um and so i enjoyed it but just like anything else, mm -hmm. I mean, in any other job, uh, learning it in the book and doing it for real is completely different, right? Yeah. And so you can you can learn a lot of things from, you know, somebody else in the book and do the papers and, and write all that. It's worthwhile. It's good. I'm not discouraging anybody from going to seminary. Yeah. But at the end of the day, eventually you got to step in, get your hands dirty and do it. And that's the best uh on the job training and which means like any other job you don't normally walk in and be the boss day one mm -hmm. right? it takes time you got to grind you got to work at it mm -hmm. you got to learn and and so you mentioned before that you been in the military longer than you have been a pastor correct yes okay so if i could pick young jp's mind what kind of drew you into seminary and did you have the mindset that you were going to be um, not a paid full-time, that you were going to be juggling both? Like, was that your mindset or were you like, I want to pursue this, but also wanted to pursue the military? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that goes back to my story. Um, when I was young, I was ordained. Yep. I was on fire. thought I was going to be the next Billy Graham. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, save the world. Mm -hmm. um, it just, that's just not how my journey went. Mm. And um, looking back at it now, I'm so glad because my journey made me go through and I was, you know, a youth pastor and uh, Laura worked in children's ministry. I was an executive pastor. I learned all these roles and I was under all these other um, pastors, men of God, and, and I was developed. Mm. So when the time came, I was able to step in and lead and lead well. Mm. I thought as a young man, I could do that, but God always knows best. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, thinking about your mindset as younger, would you advise someone that's coming out of seminary to, if they're being offered a full-time position versus a part-time, you know, it's, pastoring is really full-time. You got two full-time jobs, so yeah. I don't want to call it a part-time. So, you know, pastoring as well as a outside job. Uh, I mean, what do you advise to a younger guy that's, you know, considering being a pastor? What is better for them? Well, that's that's a tough 
yeah. <laughs> question right yeah. there. But I mean, I know everybody's deep. situation is different, <laughs> yeah. but you know, what is there one that you think develops a person better than the other? So I think um, putting yourself in different positions, taking time, if you can do this, if you can go and spend some time with a small church and just do whatever it is you can do, get your hands dirty, whatever needs to be done, get involved, um, do that for a while, and then you have an opportunity to go and immerse yourself into a bigger church, a different culture, then you need to go ahead and do that all in the same time. You know, you're, you're just taking it all in, um, you know, from the ministry perspective, but you're also spending so much time with the Lord and in the Bible because you want that strong biblical foundation, all of which is setting you up for when the time, you know, the Lord says, hey, this is the time for you to go in and actually lead from the front. Now you're prepared to do that. Mm. Whatever that journey However, that journey is to to um, to accomplish all those things is what I would recommend. That's how somebody's developed. So you said that you know you're initially not ha- being a full time Billy Graham. You know that's like the goal. Um, but why? What are some good reasons to be bivocational? I mean, it, it, income seems to be a pretty big reason for some pastors that you know. Most churches don't pay a lot, so they get a second job to sure. be able to supplement. Right. Is, is that like one of the biggest reasons you would be bivocational or not for me? I mean, um, absolutely. Some some pastors are bivocational out of necessity, mm-hmm. right? Because the church can't um, you know, provide them a livable wage and so they have no other choice. Um, I've learned to really like being bivocational. Mm-hmm. Um, because in, in my prior church, my former church, like it was a smaller country church and I was coming to be an asset to them. And I didn't want to, um, you know, be that liability or, or require something that was going to take that, that life out of them. The only thing they could do was pay the light bill, like you said, and, and pay my check Mm. when, I'm not in it for that. I want to mobilize people to go out into the community and make a difference for Christ. And if we have some monetary means, then that's going to help us do that. And so I don't, I want to be that asset to them. And if that means being bivocational, then that's what I'm going to do. I also recognize that um, because I'm bivocational, because I'm a working man per Mm -hmm. se, uh, it can be attractional to some. Yeah. Like they really appreciate knowing that their pastor uh, goes out and and is in the grind with them Monday through Friday. Yeah, they're like I'm at work during the week. I know you're kind of at work during the week doing something similar to me, so I, I can respect that. And, yeah. you know, someone looks at it in that way. Yeah, it definitely takes the um, excuse out of a lot of things. And I've always been a, a big fan of that because – it, you do feel like your pastor's down in the trenches with you, like elbow to elbow. Um, but it's also like, that's a very interesting way to look at it. Like not only were you saying, which I really commend you for it because like not a lot of people say I needed that to grow, but also it was more beneficial to my church body to have extra 
you know, funds mm-hmm. to be able to grow and develop. And, you know, we could actually, um, really make this, this body healthy and really, and really reach out to the community and so on and so forth. So that's really, not only was it healthy for you, but it was also healthy for your church to, uh, take that kind of position. So I, that's very interesting. Yeah. When you're thinking about what, what a pastor's supposed to do, that <laughs> yeah. should be the top of the mindset. Right. Right. And, and the other thing, which is, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe the most important being bivocational means that my soul loyalty is to God and to the Bible. Mm right? That, that nobody's going to sway me one way or the other because my livelihood is connected to this. Mm-hmm. No, I pay my own bills. My loyalty is to God and the word. And that's what we're going to, that's what we're going to mm-hmm. do. And not to say that someone who is full-time, that's not, but it is that extra layer to kind of be able to assess, you know, your motives. Cause you know, sometimes our heart's deceitful, right? And then what the word says, so, um, everybody can be has the potential to be, get caught up in um i do this job for the money uh yeah instead of i'm doing this because i'm just passionate for god and and absolutely i'm not beating up full-time pastors yeah. i mean w- one day i'm going to retire out of the military and i hope to be a full-time yeah. pastor. <laughs> um, but uh the reality is I mean, you, you're, you're connected. If that's what's putting meat on the table for your family, like you're going to think twice before you do anything that jeopardize that. And that's not criticizing anybody like that's just being a man. That's just being human. Yeah. Um, and if you can kind of remove some of that, that just gives you more liberty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you, I, I also wanted to kind of, ask you this because uh, I, I you know we're hearing all the pros for sure and I know we're gonna have to kind of ask about the cons a little bit but do you think that because right now I, I feel like in and correct me if I'm wrong but I feel like a lot of people um feel like the the elders the elders in a church the leadership isn't stepping up to the plate they ain't they're not they're just kind of taking a free check and they're kind of just doing the everyday Sunday do you think that it would be more beneficial um, to pastors if they went through a two-year season or a two-year time period, three-year, whatever that time frame would look like, where they are doing a full-time job and pastoring, but then also going to a full-time, pa- you know, like, okay, you've, because you said it, it does definitely develop you a lot. Would that also, um, sorry, my headphones are being crazy. Um but would that also kind of help develop the the pastors we need? Really, honestly, I feel like we're kind of in this season where we're missing out on that. You know, I don't think it would hurt. I mean, I wouldn't make it a requirement. No, yeah, I do think internship mm. should happen. So you can go through seminary, and then the next step should be some type of internship. And that's where I was talking about: hey, spending some time at a smaller congregation, then going to a bigger congregation learning and seeing how both of those run and, and, and have their day-to-day operations um, before you go straight into yeah. the pulpit as the lead pastor. Yeah, that should not be your first step. Well, yeah. Just, yeah, just like any job you want to be do well, you have to learn from someone who already knows the job well. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not just a job. It's uh, even a higher calling than just a That's job. Right. And so you want to do it extremely well. Yeah. Uh, and so you need some experience. And um, I thought I knew I thought I thought knew a lot when I was in my 20s. And actually, the older I get, 
I feel like the less I know, because you kind of get a little bit wiser, like, you know what, when I was younger, I thought I knew everything, and then the older you get, you realize how much you don't know, and it humbles you a little bit, and, uh, you know, when you're in your early 20s, like, you're just now figuring that out, and so you really do need some really good mentors, which not all churches have really good mentors. Just because it's a church doesn't mean it's a healthy one, and just because someone's a pastor doesn't mean they're a good one, like, as far as shepherding people. Um, and that's where you really need accountability. You need to be connected with other other believers so and give them permission to call you out, even as a leader within the church. I'd say especially Next as question. a leader in the church, you need someone to hold your feet to the fire because you have a very high calling, but with very high, um, what's the word? Uh, you, you like, I don't, not punishment, but like, there's a high consequences. Yeah, yeah a high, high consequence, consequence, a high expectation mm-hmm. from God right that on. you're supposed to do this well. And so you want to go into it with the, the highest mindset of doing it well. I see a lot of people, um, not just younger people, a lot of people see as as Christians, see a paid staff position as the goal. And I've I've even said this to you, Connor, where I get frustrated that people think Oh, you're going to be a pastor. Uh, you're a Christian. Pastor is your goal as a yeah. Christian. Like that, you can't be a really uh, mature Christian and uh, work your a uh, different job. Like yeah. that, pastoring is the goal, or just being a paid staff member for a church is like means I've made it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. I, I mean, I'll use the example from the military. So I was a chaplain assistant. I've, I've done a lot of things in 20 some years in the military, but I was a chaplain assistant served with some great chaplains. And as I visited the troops in Iraq, um, so often they would come up and they would, you know, just kind of be like, man, I'm just, I, I want to, I wish I was doing, you know, like you and, and I could hold strong to my faith and this and that. And I always look at them and I'd be like, listen, I admire you. Mm. They'd be like, why? I said, because I hide behind the cross. Mm. See, I wear, you know, cross or the chaplain wears the cross and everybody expects him to be a certain way. But when you don't wear that cross in the military, then you tend to fit the rest of the, the mo- you know, yeah. uh, group. And to be the black sheep is hard, yeah. right? I, to make that choice. And so um, I wouldn't always say being the pastor is the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, being a, a witness for Christ uh, in whatever avenue God has you in, that's the goal, to do that well. Um, and sometimes being out, uh, in society, leading your family well, being at the school, being in your workplace, talking to your neighbor, and standing out for Christ, standing up for Christ, uh, can be much more difficult than being a pastor of a church. I'm so glad you said that because me and Wes had dove into that, uh, you know, talking on the phone one day. It's like, um, I think as we've uh, kind of pursued this podcast, it's it's really interesting to see how when people are like what are you up to and i have to explain to them the 99 black podcast and like in like it's a full-time ministry and we're we're trying to reach out to people and stuff like that um you know they get this puzzled look and then you gotta kind of walk through this whole conversation where if i just said well i'm a i'm in ministry and i'm a pastor 
they would they would be oh okay oh, yeah, yeah, yeah and they yeah, wouldn't I get that. <laughs> you know what I mean so it's it you nailed it on the head it's uh um definitely where that role is is a lot of responsibility but I I do think um as we've experienced more and more doing this it's like you know people are like why don't you want to be put paid full time in this and it's like well it's kind of not the goal and I hate to be a news breaker for somebody but like ministry does not equal money <laughs> like it's <laughs> never good what yeah it's so crazy but uh, yeah. but why do you i mean so people do aspire to be in these paid roles or leadership roles i mean what do you think's the biggest driver for something like that so someone saying like my goal is to be on staff at a church i mean i've heard that i've heard m- multiple people say my goal is to be on staff at a church yeah. i mean what do you think drives that well, what I hope drives that is the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? I mean, um, if if I go back to my original, if you want to use the word calling, yeah, um, where I would, you know, I felt that impression of the Holy Spirit telling me, "Hey, you need to go into ministry." More uh, specifically, you need to go into pulpit ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember uh, this was up in Michigan. Uh, Laura was at work. I was in the living room. I'm on my hands and knees praying about this, struggling, saying, Lord, I don't want to do this. If, mm. if you really knew me, you wouldn't be asking me to do this. Now, that sounds pretty simple. <laughs> you know, silly, right? But, yeah. um, but that was the conversation I was having with God until he finally just kind of checked me and, and I felt him, you know, uh, impressed uh, to me like, you know, wh- why do you doubt me? Mm. Because I'm the one that's called you. And I was like, okay, yeah. it's not me. I thought I was doubting myself, but by me saying no to God, I was really doubting him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I just, I took that on. I said, okay, God, I'll, I'll, I'll follow where you lead. Mm. Um, but I, the weight of it was so heavy that I didn't want to do it because I worried about, well, I'm going to screw up and somebody's going to turn away from Christ. Yeah. And that's like the worst thing a, a pastor, any minister uh, that I know, you know, that, that's the worst thing that could happen. Mm-hmm. We don't want to turn anybody away. And I felt that at the few times that I've gotten to preach, like just the weight of that, where I'm like, God, please let it be your words, not mine, because there is so much impact behind the things that I say from the stage of a church I'm behind mm-hmm. the pulpit, you know, proclaiming God's word to people and there's a heavy weight that comes along with that. And the weight is not just the nervousness or anything like that in the moment of speaking. It's the weight of God. Like you're proclaiming God's word and you don't want to do it incorrectly. Mm. You don't want to, you don't want to answer to God for um, false teaching, false doctrine and ultimately misleading someone that might take them away from God because of something you said that wasn't uh, prayerfully thought through. So, yeah, there's definitely some weight, um, even just from a few opportunities of getting to speak in front of a church where you feel that as well. So I, I did want to talk about a, a few of the pros and cons. We've, we've covered some of them. Um, when we look at full-time pastoring, uh, obviously uh, there's a lot of time to do things. That's probably... The biggest thing you don't have as a bivocational person is <laughs> keep praying for thirty six yeah, hour days. Exactly, it's I've heard happening. you say that thirty six <laughs> hour days, and you know, as a full time guy, you have time for more time for prep. I mean, your job is time for prep, 
right. meeting with people. Hopefully, hopefully you're making disciples and and mentoring uh, believers and finding ways to grow your church, um, not for your sake, but for the glory of God. And as a, a bivocational guy, like time, you just, it's not on your side. Uh, you know, how, how do you deal with not having enough hours in the day with having not only two full-time jobs, but a family? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the biggest con, right? So, um, how do you deal with that? It's uh, learning how to prioritize. Mm. So uh, you can't do everything all the time. And so as things, um, you know, come onto your desk or, or you plan out your day, you have to learn to hey, prioritize what's important right now. What do I need to do right now? Um, it is absolutely more difficult to connect uh, with people, I often tell people because I hate when people are like, "Well, I didn't call you because I thought you were busy." Mm-hmm. Yeah, listen, I am busy, but I will always make myself available, and that goes back to learning how to prioritize. Mm-hmm. So if you call me and and I can hear that distress, and I know there's a, a situation that needs to be dealt with immediately, like I'm going to change the priority of of when I get back to you versus okay, you know, he just wants to chat and I can call him tomorrow. I always try to, uh, I tell people I try to get back to you within 24 hours. Um, But it may be, and I do a lot where it's on the phone. Like Mm -hmm. I'm driving, I'm talking, it's back and forth from work or I got a minute at work. Um, I'm not going to be able to sit down and have lunch. That's going to be really hard. That don't mean I don't love you. Unless you get clearance to come on base. (laughs) exactly um and then uh the family side of the house um being bivocational means that it is very sacrificial and the family has to be on board with that as well ministry isn't a solo Mm -hmm. event your spouse your children all have to understand um what you've signed up to do today's a great example of it I'm at work, get a text. Hey, come on to the podcast, which is absolutely exciting to do. I'm glad to be here, but I've seen my family for one hour today. Mm. Right. And so, um, but you know, they're, they're excited to hear me on in the 99 black. Yeah. So here I am. <laughs> how much, so talking about not having enough time and time being against you, like how much do you think, uh, the pastors that get burnout because burnout in pastors is a huge problem. Uh, how much of that is correlated to not having enough time versus maybe something else? What would you attribute burnout to? Do you think it has to do with maybe not being organized enough with your time or are there other aspects to burnout? Yeah. I mean, people get burnout, uh, all for different types of reasons. Um, obviously if, if you can't prioritize, um, you can't organize your day. Um, that's going to lead to it. That will definitely be a, a factor. Um, I think coming into the ministry with false expectations leads to burnout. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to earlier, what we were talking about. You're a young guy. You think you're going to come in and have this mega church overnight and it doesn't happen. 
and, and insecurity slip in and all that. So to me, that's where it goes back to what I was just saying a few minutes ago, where you got to know that, you know, that, you know, that this is what God wants you to do mm-hmm. because when it gets tough, that's the only thing you can fall back on and say, okay, God, I, I know that you told me to do this. So I'm going to continue to walk this out even in the difficult times. Well, you mentioned expectations. And so as I think about a pro of a full-time guy is I feel, or a con of a full-time guy is that, uh, that expectations are probably higher on someone that that's their only job. Right. And you might get a little, they might cut you a little bit of slack. A little have bit. You, have you seen that? <laughs> a little just bit. A little bit? <laughs> Not much. Yeah. I know there's still a high expectation, but um, I mean, there's probably a little less understanding for a guy that that's sure. their main job. Right. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on was that as a bivocational pastor, how reliant you have to be on building a team and your team kind of backing you up. So yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, you can't do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you try to, it's only going to get so big, right? Because there's only so many people you can you can touch, you can mentor, uh, you can encourage. And so you very quickly, out of necessity, have to be looking in your ranks for future leaders and then bringing them into the fold and saying, look, I see something in you and I want you to come alongside and learn at what, what I'm doing and duplicate that. I mean, hopefully you're doing something right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so that person can do it. Now your circle of influence just doubled in size. Mm. And so when the goal is to, to reach as many as you can for Christ in the community, uh, duplication is important. Um, and so you've got to be able to raise up that team And you also have to be secure enough in yourself, right? That, hey, if I raise up this leader, I'm not really worried about them stepping on my toes, taking my job or, Mm. you know, whatever. It's like, we're going to do this together. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you have to have a strong team behind you because I think a lot of guys might make the mistake of, I, I have a plan and I know I'm the best person that can execute my plan, right? Um, and you have to be da- it's you have to be careful because it's very dangerous to say my plan. So right. you you know you're trying to execute um, ideas uh, and you have to pass on responsibility to the people. So that's kind of difficult to pass on responsibility to someone when it's like you had an idea the way you want to think. I mean, like I know I have I want things done my way, Connor. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like I was waiting for it. Yeah, definitely. Wes I want things done my way, and so if you're like that, then you have to give away part of that to be like, all right, I'm trying to grow a leader, so I'm going to relinquish some of the responsibility that I know I want it my way. But the only way I'm going to grow this leader is if I give them oh, yeah. opportunities. Right. And so growing up, you know, leaders behind you is essential because uh, it cannot be a one man show. Uh, we're talking about church. We're talking about a gathering of believers who are going out and making disciples and planting churches and and giving and doing all these things that the church is supposed to go do. Um, and it was not done on the back of one person. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we're able to execute these things well. But, uh, you know, you can't bring a pastor in and say, all right, it's on you, buddy, you yeah. know. Um, and it's But it's really easy to for a church to do that, to say, all right, it's your job, just go ahead. 
yeah. and we're kind of leaving it on you. I think I was definitely just listening to y'all. It's like, I can see where, you know, that kind of can be difficult in your position, but I also think it's a pro for the church. Like you see a lot of pastors that preach for 30, 40 years, and then they kind of get to where they're wanting to retire and they're like, we don't know who's next. Or it's usually like the pastor's son or something, you know, like, the, you know, it's like, oh, we're just going to go to the church to him the and drug addicted, <laughs> which is not the spot we want to be. And that's for another day. But like, I think that's a real big pro for what the church needs, especially in today's society where like we do need to be raising up leaders. And that, like how you said, I love how you said it perfectly is like, I'm not afraid to let you take the spotlight. Like I want you to eventually surpass me and kind of, go, you know, continue on forth and get another leader. So I think that's kind of a, a double, a two for one where, yeah, it's a little difficult and a little strenuous, but it really could be beneficial for the church. And I think that full-time pastor, bivocational, both are biblical. Both can be very good. 100%. Both can make mistakes. True. Like, you know, as long as they are relying on God's word, first and foremost, Absolutely. to lead their church, um, it doesn't matter necessarily you know, one provides a certain type of experience and the other provides a certain type of experience, but God can use both and God does, does. use both. Yes. There's no question that he does. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on one more time is that the family aspect a as a pastor, but as a Christian, mm. our families that like, that's our first disciples. Mm -hmm. That's the first people that we, um, lead. And the scripture said it that, uh, that you must be able to um, lead your own family well, have control of your family, and lead. Because how can you lead your church if you're not leading your family well? And so we cannot uh, overstate how important it is um, for us to lead our families well, and then we will be able to lead our churches as long as we are making disciples at home first. Because mm -hmm. I think it's easy to get wrapped up, like you said, you have to make time. For your family otherwise they they uh, are on the back burner mm -hmm. and um, that can cause resentment from your family and you might raise up a family that doesn't even want to know Christ because their example of Christ was you and then you put them on the back burner where Christ puts yeah doesn't do that to I us. think I think that's kind of why we see a lot of the typical stereotypical PK like the preacher's mm -hmm. kid that I hear it all the time where, um, you know, my dad, he was married to the church, but like when it came to his wife and his kids, he like, it was just the church or nothing. Right. And then, you know, that kind of puts a, a, a hole in that kid's heart. And then, you know, kind of drives a wedge between, um, seeing Christ and seeing like that love and everything. That mistake happens from a good place that, uh, you're trying to honor God uh, but you make the mistake of forgetting about your family. Yeah. Um, and so, but the family doesn't forget that. You might forget yeah. it. You might have a really short memory. So uh, if you are a pastor out there or any type of leader within the church, especially just um, be mindful of your family. That, Absolutely. And we're all fallen. We all make mistakes, but be mindful of this. Priorities. I talked about that earlier. And if, if you don't hear anything else from this podcast, like don't miss this part right here. And that is if, if you're a Christian man, a woman, if you're part-time, if you're paid, if you're full, whatever role you're playing in the church, 
the priority for any believer needs to always be God, right? Your individual relationship with him first. Second is your family, right? As you uh, said, Wes, you know, pastoring, um, being the priest of your home, um, doing that second. And then third is the church, mm-hmm. right? Mm. And, and on that third priority, I would encourage anyone to bring your family mm. with you. So I can't do what I do without my family. I could not be bivocational. I could not have two jobs if it was not for Laura, uh, what she does at the house, how she supports me. If I go to church, um, she's most of the time she's somewhere around right there with me. Mm-hmm. Like she is 100% um, on board. And so, yes, we may not be home, but we are together and we're in it together. Mm. And so, but the, the priorities are for anyone, God first, family second, and church third. Yeah. So pastoring is hard. We've talked about that. It's also, um, I know for you, it's, it's fulfilling, like you're fulfilling the calling that God has placed upon your uh, your life. So I don't just want to overshadow and say like, oh, it's so hard, but like, it's also very good. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. a really, it's a really good thing. Um, and so, um, my last question as we kind of wrap up is, you know, as us being the church and you being a, a pastor, how can the church help their pastor? Because it's not just the pastor leading and then the church. It's just like, all right, we just come on Sundays. Like, how can the church be involved? Uh, and what can they do to help you as the leader? Yeah. Well, first and foremost is prayer. I hear it all the time. There'd be a situation in life and they'll say, well, all we can do now is pray. Mm-hmm. Like, really? That's the be the first only, thing, you're doing only thing you can do. Like, like you can go to the throne mm-hmm. uh, on behalf of someone else. I mean, that, like you said, that's the first thing. That's the number one priority in helping um, and supporting your pastor. Pray for them. Pray for their family. Uh, second is to be willing to, to pick up the shovel. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> right? there you go. get in there get your hands dirty um you don't have to be the smartest you don't have to be the most talented you just look and say god use me see the need and being willing to go and get involved and that pastor will appreciate that yeah. <laughs> so much because um too many times we're like you know am i the only one doing this mm-hmm. no we can't be we've already talked about that um, so pray for your pastor, being willing to get involved uh, with your time, uh, your talent, and and even your treasure, which, you know, is scriptural. Um, and it takes money to do ministry. This isn't a plug. I don't think yeah, <laughs> right for right. it. But uh, those things are essential to be able to keep the local body moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Any other Thoughts, Connor? No, I'm just, I'm very thankful that you, you know, came out here today. I just, I see a lot of wisdom to offer. I can tell you're passionate about this. And I think you gave us a lot of insight and understanding that that ministry not always is a preacher getting, you know, full-time pastor yeah, position. So when you say grabbing the shovel, I was thinking sometimes it's not dirt you're shoveling. Sometimes uh, it's a septic <laughs> tank. <full yeah>. <laughs> a lot. I think a lot of, I think you gave a lot of insight to a lot of people that a lot of ministry is going to be, your time and, you know, involvement and really uh, kind of picking up the shovel, so to speak, and carrying the weight. So I, I think that's awesome. And 
we'll definitely be praying for you and just I'm I'm excited to have another episode with you because this is yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for uh, coming on here. What we hope is that uh, as we try to equip Christians to be the black sheep of culture, that um, you've gotten a little bit of insight into some church leadership that you see that it's not just some guys looking to be in charge, but it's uh, in this case especially someone who is dedicated, uh, not because they get paid from the church, but because. Uh, they love God and love people and want the the ministry of the gospel to go forward. Mm-hmm. And so we appreciate all your hard work, and thanks for coming on. Yeah, love it. Thank you. Yeah, cool. So, uh, guys, we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening.